2: Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to Bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's Bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST.
3: Hi, welcome to Bitch Slap. This is Rachel Fisher.
2: This is Dazzy Jadigan.
3: And this is Melrose Place Season 2, Episode 20. Parting Glances. Parting Glances. Don't know what this episode title means. No. Guess it's not that important. No. Sometimes they just run out of titles.
2: I'm sure it's like maybe Billy and Allison are apart. They're parting.
3: (laughs) I don't know. They do more than glance at each other. Yeah, that's true. But right now it is morning on the boat, which is docked at the marina. And Joe and Reed are in bed. And she's like, hmm, I feel so comfortable here, Reed. (laughs) Like, that's just like... They don't really
2: give her any storyline about the boat other than her just loving it, right? Like
3: They don't give her any reason for her to love the boat. No. All I see is a woman who is desperately running from something. She's being very avoidant right now. She's clearly avoiding her job. She's avoiding her job. She's avoiding
2: um, the truth about Reed. Mm. Uh, So she's just definitely in a mode, I think, where she's like, I need to make this work. I have no idea why. She's building
3: it up in her head and just lying to herself. She gets up to get coffee, and while she's in the kitchen, she stumbles upon a set of keys that has a key fob with a button on it. Yeah. And she presses the button, and it triggers a trap door in the living area. That opens the kitchen, the dining room, room, whatever. The only other area besides the sleeping quarters of this boat. And a trap door opens, and she goes to investigate. But as soon as she peeks down there, like she's about to peek down there, Reed runs into the room and stomps on it with his foot. Yeah, and he plays it off like, "Oh, you don't care. You don't care what's down there. It's just cargo storage." Oh, he says, it's a storage area where I keep valuables, which at that point I would have said, well, why do you need me to take the suitcase to my house? Why couldn't you have stored your shit down there? Exactly. And it's like, what
2: he could have just said is like, that's like the engine room or whatever. Like Because it would have made sense to me that you have this access to it, but you don't really hang out down there or go down there
3: or put things there. He could have said like, it's not... It's unfinished down there or it's dangerous down there. Right. But he, the stepping was so
2: suspicious. He was so suspicious about this. And that was also, um, I can't remember if we see it in this part, but remember what, like a few episodes ago, we saw him installing what looked like a a A bomb. bomb.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I think it was just the hydraulics to this trap door. Yes. And the, um, yeah. And the thing to connect to the remote to open it up. So, he's scared. He freaks her out for a minute. But Jake shows up, and he's ready to go because he thinks that they have a another party. Yeah. Another party situation to charter for the boat. And he sees Reed's in his pajamas with no shirt on. He's like, what are you doing, man? We got to get ready. We got to take this thing out on Thursday. And Reed's like, it's not going to happen. The, I canceled the trip. And Jake's like, what are you talking about? I just spent 30 bucks on all these lubes and like whatever
2: oils. <laughs> he has like this whole
3: box of like fucking
2: potions yeah. or
3: something. And he spent 30 bucks on it. And he's pissed. He, came, he drove all the way out there. 30 bucks is a lot of money to Jake. Yeah. And then Reed's not even like... Oh, well, obviously, I'll cover the cost of those. He doesn't even apologize. No. This guy, not only is he not charming, he's also always an asshole.
2: Here's the thing it's like if you're pretending you have a business to cover up your fucking shady dealings, you gotta run the business as if it's
3: legit. Haven't you ever heard of a front, dumbass? <laughs> it's like he doesn't even know how to run a front properly.
2: It's crazy to me that he's just, it's like, this seems like very easy to fucking put together. Just get
3: some people to rent your boat. He, Jake tells him, he's like, you should try taking this business serious for 10 minutes. Yeah. Like Jake did with Jake's bikes
2: before it got burned down.
3: (laughs) (laughs) By your other investor, Amanda. So he leaves. Then we go to the hospital where Sydney has spent the night in Michael's room on a chair and the nurse walks in and she's like you can't be here and S- sydney is like so worried about michael and he wakes up he's all out of it he's like mm. he's like babbling here's an important detail i swear to you
2: i had that exact sunflower dress that sydney's wearing i i had a baby doll black sunflower dress which is very common during this period of time and i was obsessed with that dress. It was like my favorite dress and I would still wear it. It was the only sunflower design I ever liked. What
3: the hell was it with sunflowers? I have no idea. At this time.
2: They were everywhere. Blossom probably had a sunflower in her hat (laughs) or something like there was some pop culture sunflower. But
3: you couldn't go to a store in 1994 without, or 93 also without seeing a fucking sunflower motif.
2: I mean, even like Betsy Johnson had
3: sunflowers. Everyone had yeah, a sunflower. It was like
2: cool because it seems kind of country, but it actually, like the one I had was like Sydney's. It was like black with like sunflowers. I
3: have a picture of me from like around this era and I went to my good friend's birthday party and it was a costume party and they had like a big costume um trunk or whatever. So we all got to put on different costumes while we were there at the party. And I went I dressed as Wednesday Adams and I was like all in black, completely head to toe black dress, black whatever. And one of the adults <laughs> stuck a giant sunflower pin in the center of the <laughs> dress. Like it didn't go with Wednesday Adams at no. all. But that is how prevalent the, she's like, oh that's cute. Like she put a huge sunflower like Pin like a fake flower pin right in the center of like the um, bust of the dress or whatever right like at the collar. No sunflowers were everywhere. I I gasped when I saw that dress because I was like that's I had that dress or yeah. something similar. Um, you couldn't get away from it. So Sydney Sydney's concerned about Michael as he's babbling in his sleep. The nurse ner- <laughs> the nurse steps out for a moment and Sydney's inching closer to Michael as he starts he starts putting together sentence fragments. This is so unrealistic. (laughs) Michael has, like, the meat sweats.
2: (laughs) He's just, like, he's doing that thing where you're incoherent in a TV show, uh, and he's, like, putting his head back and forth.
3: And it's just, like, that head shaking back and forth, and then he starts, like, revealing things. He starts revealing really juicy information while he's, um, like... Sleeping. He starts talking in his sleep, and this is what he <laughs> says. He says, Matt, you gotta fix it. <laughs> no, Matt, if Kimberly dies, change the records. Matt, I'm stri- <laughs> blood alcohol. Like he just yeah. starts giving like <laughs> no. very specific information out. Snippets of information.
2: That gives you the whole story. Yes. Right? It's not just one detail where Sydney has to start piecing
3: things together. He literally lays out the whole fucking thing. Has this ever happened before? Has an instance of this ever happened where somebody talks in their sleep and reveals something? Because this is a device that I have seen used before in like media. Not, I, not often, but it's not. But people, like, this is a device writers have used. Oh,
2: absolutely. I would bet that people have maybe said something in a state like that, but not necessarily and nearly as clear as it always is in TV shows, right? Or or in their sleep. Yeah. Like, why did they say my lover who just died's name? Or like, whatever. (laughs) Like, Do you know what I mean? Like, or even just drunk, like... Incoherently drunk or wasted. They'll yeah. do it in that state too, not just uh sleepy. Yeah, I agree. I don't know that it's ever happened. I'd love to be like read a story or a case where someone actually got busted because they revealed something while they were sleeping. That would be so interesting.
3: Yeah, I, I feel like I feel like if it had happened, we'd have heard of it. That would be fucking fascinating. Yeah. So Sydney realizes Michael is Unconsciously revealing Some very juicy details About a secret he has That involves Matt And she smiles Yeah Because now she's got something big She over knows him, it And she's gonna figure this out She's gonna She's gonna get
2: some corroboration
3: <laughs> She's no dummy <laughs> Allison heads out for work carrying a bunch of shit, which she then proceeds to drop in the courtyard. She's a very frazzled businesswoman right now. She's holding all those cardboard tubes. Yeah. With, of, like, like, blueprints. I don't know what's them. in them. <laughs> and Amanda passes by her and says, Rough night? Yes, Amanda's just laughing.
2: It's got to kill Allison that Amanda walked down right when she dropped things. <laughs> for Amanda,
3: this was like the highlight of her morning, right? Like and she goes, rough night. And Allison's like, I'm fine. I just haven't heard from Billy. His phone hasn't been connected. And Amanda knows just what to say. She's like, mm, I'm sure that's true. <laughs> I'm sure that's true. <laughs> She's like, don't worry, Allison. I'm sure he's just very busy. You know he has a new job and everything. I'm sure you'll talk to him eventually. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> Meanwhile, in New York. Billy is gets a huge office. He has a this is like an executive office. This is he would never get this office.
2: One of the show's biggest flaws is that they expect us to believe Billy has any kind of success.
3: <laughs> this office is like in a huge Manhattan skyscraper. Like his personal, it's like a corner office.
2: With It's huge. It's a massive office. And then we also find out at some point that the company also secured him this massive apartment. I was like, what level
3: is he at? This is like CEO shit. (laughs) This is
2: not a junior
3: executive editor or whatever he is. This is like he was headhunted and sought out by this. Not, Not that he won the job from a little... Fucking contest. He's that- a junior editor. <laughs> <laughs> Not even an editor. No. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, and his new coworker, Greg, is like showing him his new office. He's kind of like acting like his assistant, but he's his co worker. But he's like really into impressing him. And he's I... and they're like, he's very into New York City, this guy. Yeah. And he's wearing suspenders. Um, and he's like, I'm gonna show you around the town. I'm gonna show you how real New Yorkers do it. It's funny because everyone on this show acts like Los Angeles
2: is some hick town or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's also a major city. Like
3: Yeah. Um he also lets Billy know this this is what led me to believe is this his assistant? Cause he's like, Oh, someone named Allison called for you. But I guess he's just his nosy coworker. Yeah. Matt and Jeffrey are at shooters playing pinball and Jeffrey tells Matt about his navy commander who is like a father to him almost or they're the commander sees Jeffrey as a son. Yes. They're very close. And he's telling Matt this because he's had to hide his sexuality from him because this guy like he he expects that this guy thinks that Jeffrey should be married and have kids, and right. have a dog and have this like very heteronormative family lifestyle, whatever. Um, and he doesn't know how he how he's supposed to tell the commander that he's gay. And Matt's like, <laughs> "Geez, how long can you keep this up?"
2: i'm just sticking around to see what happens (laughs) he's
3: like how long he's like so how long do you think you can keep this up jeffrey and um and he's like i don't know and then matt matt gets a little frustrated here because he's like you know what he basically tells jeffrey he's like you're part of the problem he's like until we stand up and come out of the closet We're going to continue to have these bullshit policies like don't ask, don't tell. And Jeffrey's like, "Uh, I don't know. I mean, at this point, I'm like, okay, is every scene
2: with Matt and Jeffrey the same? It's like the same thing every scene.
3: They're not giving Matt anything new to do.
2: No, because it's like they're having whatever, dinner, drinks, something. We
3: just had this conversation. Then they fight about the same. It's
2: like, yeah. Yeah that's who Jeffrey is, Matt. He's in the closet. Like, <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, he's not going to change right now and certainly not with your pressure. Move on. Like, I'm just sick of this fight. I've heard this fight five times already. It's
3: giving Heidi end closet. And you need to, yeah. you need, you need to cut ties with him. Yeah. I mean, I get Matt's frustration. Or if the dick is that good, just have a casual thing.
2: Exactly. Don't get
3: too close to this guy. Exactly. If he's not ready to be out and you want to meet his family and friends, and obviously you can't because he's compartmentalized his life. Just make him a fuck buddy, man. Just make him Come a on. He's cute. He Just cute. fuck him. You know what I can't stop thinking about though
2: is the actor who plays this character, Jason Beggy or Beg, whatever. He was like an he's one of the most famous ex Scientologists, and he joined the church right in 1994. What? Yes. So I'm I'm I always keep thinking whenever I see him in this I'm like, "Oh, I wonder if he joined the church and got this role and was like, wow,
3: Scientology really works." <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did he write a book or something? He's
2: definitely one of the he might have written a book or done a documentary or a show cuz he's one of the more
3: outspoken ex-Scientologists. I, yeah, cuz I feel like I've Consumed some kind of content he's made. I, I like. I definitely didn't read a book he wrote, but I, I've, I've, I I'm aware of. Like he's. He's yes. You're right. He is a high profile ex Scientologist,
2: and he like gives the tea. Like he tells things too.
3: Yeah. Um. Maybe probably, he was
2: on that Leah Remini show or something. He's Probably
3: friends with Leah Remini. Yeah. Uh. Back at Melrose Place. Allison's listening to a voicemail that Billy left and they've been playing phone tag.
2: Very 90s. Very
3: 90s. (laughs) You used to have to play phone tag with people. There's no cell phones. Yeah. Like they literally can't reach each other. They cannot get a hold of each other. This is very frustrating. And so Jane shows up to Allison's apartment and she knows Allison's not doing too well. And They got to give Jane one line in this episode. Yeah. She's kind of been absent. She she had that big scene with Michael. Right. I mean, Rob's gone.
2: Robert's gone. She
3: doesn't have a storyline
2: except for Michael harassing her.
3: Yeah. So she comes over to Allison's and she's like, I'm going to take you to shooters. We're going to get drunk. I mean, I mean, good for Jane, though, because this is her last moment of peace, probably. <laughs> for a while. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And right when they leave and shut the door comic timing here the phone rings and it's billy calling from a payphone. the comedy is that the phone rings
2: literally when the door shuts she and allison would have heard it she, <laughs> she would <laughs> be like oh my god the phone especially that someone that desperate for a phone call would have heard it and immediately went back in those phones were loud back in the day i mean it literally rings the door is still not even shut <laughs> When it rings, that's how soon it happens. Like You're right. It's crazy. Billy's wearing his coat. It looks cold. His coat is so ill-fitting, too. It's so
3: tight. When he, like,
2: hangs up the payphone, and we get a long shot of him walking away. And I was like, he
3: looks horrible. That
2: coat is awful. It is
3: two sizes too small. It looks really uncomfortable and stiff. It's tight in the upper part but baggy <laughs>
2: in the waist and
3: like it's, the long the, the part covering your like legs. It's like an umpire waist. Yes, it's <laughs> really crazy. I was just like why would they give us the shot? It's like an umpire waist tweed, black and white tweed coat. But it's like we don't need to see this. If you didn't have a good coat why are you showing us? You know what? Okay, if the briefcase or the suitcase in last week's episode was... The Death of a Salesman school play briefcase suitcase. This coat was giving um, high school production of Annie NYC scene. (laughs) This is what Daddy Warbucks This is what the kid who plays Daddy Warbucks wears. Totally. It was bad. Uh, Poor Billy. He's gonna... If he's not gonna make it there, he's not making it anywhere. (laughs) He barely made it in LA. Um, Michael is eating jello at the hospital. It's pretty good. <laughs> hey, not
2: bad. Even I, I will just never stop being obsessed with his acting style. Cause even when they're eating the jello, he's like, hmm, hmm no, gotta make make sure everyone knows I'm enjoying this. Like <laughs>
3: They just can't get over him because Thomas Calabro is always one hundred percent on as Michael Mancini. Yes, he has put he put so much thought. He really embodied this character. He put so much thought. How would Michael Mancini eat jello? And yes. he nailed it. He nailed it. It's it's
2: not. He's not just going to let a moment slide by without imparting the character of Mancini into it. Like yeah, Michael Mancini. Like, yeah.
3: Sydney shows up and he says, oh, as if my appetite weren't spoiled enough. <laughs> so he's back to hating her. Yeah. I mean, he, he always hates her, but he's back to treating her like garbage because he doesn't want anything from her in the right now. Now that I'm sober. <laughs> I now that I, <laughs> now that I got my pills refilled.
2: Um, no, it's like he he always hates her. You're right. But he goes back and forth between showing it.
3: <laughs> yeah, because when he needs the meds, he's like, oh, come on, Sid. Come on. I love you, Sid. Kissy, kissy. And uh, she's like, oh, okay, Michael, I guess that's how you talk to the person who saved your life. And he's like, you didn't see. I was just sleeping. I would have woke up. Woke up. <laughs> he's like, I would have been fine. You, you embarrassed me. <laughs> <laughs> and she says... So Matt said they put you on probation or whatever. And he's like, eh, just a little break. <laughs> <laughs> probation, probation. <laughs> and she says, Well, at least you didn't lose your medical license. And then the nurse comes in and is like, Hey, you can't be in here. She's like, Give me five more minutes, please. Please. Um, she kicks Sydney out and Sydney chases the nurse down in the hallway and accosts her and he's like, excuse me. <laughs> if I were look, if I were, <laughs> if one were looking for blood records inside of a hospital, where would you go? Is there a place where you keep all the blood records? <laughs> She's like, so not subtle.
2: <laughs> and the nurse is just like, instead of being like, what the fuck are you talking about? Get out of here. You
3: annoying bitch.
2: She like answers the question. She
3: totally answers the question. And she's like, well, yeah, uh, you'd have to—they'd be here. And she's like, well, how would I? Want, how would I? How would one one see those records? And the nurse is like, well, you'd have to be a hospital employee. And she's, well, what if that person was Matt? Was Matt? <laughs> Do you know Matt Fielding? who's a social worker. <laughs> would he be able to access those records? <laughs> just, just spitballing here. And she's like. Well, yes, I suppose if, if he needed to see them, he could see them. And she goes, thanks, that's all I needed to know. Ding! <laughs> <laughs> this questioning is so funny. Because
2: this nurse has been so tough and no nonsense with Sydney all this time. And yeah. now all of a sudden she's playing with her on these stupid questions.
3: Really suspicious questions. Yeah, and it's like all of a sudden she's playing ball. If you worked at a hospital and a weaselly little girl Redheaded girl walked up to you and was like, Where are the blood records? I'd like to see the blood records. (laughs) You would never answer. You'd be like, What are you, a fucking vampire? (laughs) (laughs) Get out of here. Um, I guess we can take a break here. We'll be right back.
1: (laughs) Planning for your next trip? Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Jake
3: tells Amanda that Reed canceled their, the party boat for Thursday. And she's like, what? And he's like, yeah, he came up with this lame excuse of why he canceled. I didn't even believe it anyway. And she's like, I feel like I've been doing everything for this business and he's it's his business and he's not even doing anything. He hasn't even posted an ad. He's even it's like he doesn't even want customers. He's starting to put things together. Well, it's
2: also like it's only been like a few days since you guys all joined in. Like, what have you done for this? Like, it's not like it's been months of nothing happening. I mean, yeah. I still think it's suspicious, but it's funny that Jake's like, I've been doing all this stuff. I brought all those $30 of
3: oils and lubes the other day. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't even want them. Amanda's concerned and she's like, you know, this business sounds like it's days away from going under. Yeah, it always sounded that way, Amanda. It- <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so she's like, I'm going to go talk to Reed. And Jake's like, no, I want to do it. So like we'll, we'll we'll go down there together. And the funny thing about the
2: storyline is like it's moving so quickly that it's like nothing has changed. It's always been suspicious since you joined the business a few days ago, and now all of a sudden you're immediately like, "What's going on?" It's yeah. like no, nothing has changed. <laughs>
3: <Nothing's> <laughs> like changed one here. one thing got canceled. At the hospital, Sydney shows up and she finds Matt, and she's like hey, Matt, do you know where Michael is? He's not in his room. <laughs> I checked. Yeah. And she's, she's like, those crabby nurses won't tell me a thing about his condition. God, she's, she should be banned from the hospital. <laughs> like, And she, he's, Matt's trying to get away from her. He's like mm. working. He's pretending to be really busy. He doesn't have time for this shit. And she's still babbling on. She's like, gee, Matt, working at the hospital must be real neat. You must get to, you must get to see all kinds of cool stuff like hospital records, blood alcohol level information, and she starts saying all these very um, specific pointed things to rattle Matt.
2: Yeah, and I love Laura Leighton's acting style for Sydney is totally like child star, mm. even though she's twenty one or whatever. Yeah,
3: it's like a child. It's she's so brilliant she just nails it because she nails this sort of i'm just i'm just innocently
2: asking yeah. a question ah oh, shucks Matt. that's weird they, did you ever uh, have a suspicion
3: about blood alcohol content <laughs> golly gee willikers. that would be crazy <laughs> and she then starts babbling on about you know michael likes michael sometimes drinks a lot did, did you know that did you yeah. know michael drinks i wouldn't be surprised if he was drunk the night of the accident mm
2: If only there was a record of that somewhere.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Matt's shook, but also mostly annoyed as she leaves. Right. He's like, I'm going to keep this
2: information, (laughs) but I can't let her know, basically. Like, he doesn't say anything.
3: He doesn't give any tells in this moment. At the marina, Amanda and Jake confront Reed. Jake says to Reed, get your ass down here. He's on top (laughs) of the boat. Yeah, way to, way to like, convince him to tell you the truth. Yeah, and Reed's just being a dick, as always. He's like, This is my damn boat. Is it? Yeah. We- <laughs> I thought it was the owners. <laughs> Amanda's like, I want my money back now. I'll take a cashier's check. Yeah. And Reed's like, Get your money back. Fine. And then, right when this little squabble's happening, Joe shows up and they leave. And Joe's like, Oh, Reed.
2: What why does
3: she always just show up? <laughs> like it's so weird. Yeah. Back in New York, Billy's coworker Greg shows him some models in a magazine. He's like, I know these girls. I know a lot of girls in the city. This guy is
2: so gross, and I don't buy for a second that he lives in New York. Or knows these girls. Well, it's like you couldn't find someone who is a believable New Yorker. <laughs>
3: <laughs> like, this guy's such an idiot. He's such a dumbass. And he tells Billy he wants to set him up with a girl. And yeah. Billy, we just... The, the scene ends with, like, a shot of Billy's face, like, oh, I'm Uh-oh. involved. Uh, <laughs> what do I do? I need to fit in in the Big Apple. Yeah. At D&D, Amanda and Allison are working on something when Allison gets up to go get a file. And of course, as soon as she gets up and leaves the room, she's just getting up to grab something. She's not like going on an errand. No, she's, she's gone for like a second. And she's like, I'll be right back. And the phone rings in the conference room and Allison, a- Amanda answers the phone. She's like, this is the conference room. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, like who put Billy through to the conference room? <laughs> so he hasn't been able to reach her even at
2: work. And this is the first time he's tried? Yeah. And, um... <laughs>
3: This is the conference room. How was she a bitch even saying that? Like, she was such a cunt saying it. Um, and you look at the in there. And Amanda's like, mm, no, I'm sorry. She stepped away. <laughs> <laughs> Making it sound like she went across the street to get lunch or something. But it's like a real friend would be like, oh my God, she's
2: been trying to find you. Hold on, I'll go get her. She's just a steps away. But Amanda
3: (laughs) is just like, nope, sorry. (laughs) She's not there. Um, And then she hangs up the phone and she doesn't even immediately tell Allison when Allison literally 10 seconds later walks back into the room. Not even. Like she walks right, as soon as Amanda hangs up with Billy, Allison walks back in the room. And she casually is like, oh, Billy called. <laughs> oh, by the way, Billy called. <laughs> and Allison's like, Amanda, you couldn't have, you couldn't have asked him to hold? No, and she's sorry. Like, <laughs> she's like, I'm sorry. He said he had to go. Right. Already doing the little lies. He, he said he had to go. And Allison looks worried. That night at Matt's. Jeffrey tells Matt that he came out to the commander and he didn't take it well. And he's like, I think I made a big mistake coming out of the closet. And now I might be discharged and my family's going to hate me and I'm going to be completely alienated. Well, it's like, why would
2: you come out to the commander and not your family first? I mean, I know he said this guy is like a father figure to him, but that job has literally a, a rule that you can't be out. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I guess
3: he thought they were the, closer than they were. He, he's upset. And this is where Matt says the great line, why do you want to be in the military to begin with? <laughs> yeah, this guy's crying. He's like upset about what happened. And that's
2: Matt's reaction, and which that, was hilarious. It was
3: so funny because like, wait a minute. <laughs>
2: It's like, look, look, I've been holding it in, but why the hell do you want to be in the military anyway? Like, I've never even wanted this is that. a great opportunity. Just quit. Yeah, just quit. Just leave. Get
3: discharged. I would die to get discharged. Like, Jeffrey, let's... and then Jeffrey goes on a, you know, we're fighting for your freedoms. And Matt's like, well, it doesn't seem like you have much freedom in the military uh, yeah. right now. So of- you're fighting for, not fighting for your
2: freedoms, I guess. <laughs> Matt's making good points He is making good points
3: But Jeffrey's not having it And he storms out Once again Jeffrey storms out of a scene Mm. (laughs) After they've Barely anything has progressed In this No these scenes are really short The fights
2: happen fast And furious And Jeffrey's out Mm. And that's all they're giving Matt But That line was killer Yeah So I'm happy he got it I'm happy he got that in
3: In New York, we see Billy eating pizza and looking at a magazine in his apartment, and then the phone rings, and it's Allison. Finally, they're talking. Yes. And Allison's wearing some cute pajamas, but Billy doesn't know that, but he wants to know. Ugh. This is when Billy says, What are you wearing? (laughs) And she says, Billy! Ugh. She doesn't want to have phone sex. And he's like, what else are we supposed to do, Allison? It's like, Billy, you're in New York
2: City. Why are you even in your apartment looking at a fucking escapade magazine? (laughs)
3: Like, he acts like he's, like, in the small town with nothing to do. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, And he's like, Allison, we're on opposite sides of the country. He's only been gone, like, a few days. Yeah. Uh, They start arguing, of course. Mm. And she's like, look, I got to go. Jane's coming over. And he's like, whatever. Have a good time. Fun of shooters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fun <for the> shooters. <laughs> the next morning, Joe shows up at the boat with some food, expecting that she was going to meet the owner of the boat finally. Yeah. And Reed is like, oh, he couldn't make it. And she's like, really? And... She she's so she's such a fucking she's such a loser for this guy. Like she's so obsessed. She's like, can I come? Where are you going? Can I go? She's so like not Joe. It's like it's a complete personality change. Yeah, um, and he's hesitant about go taking her to Catalina because he 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 want he was gonna go. Allegedly, take the owner to Catalina, but since the owner's not there now, because uh, Joe just randomly showed up,
2: right? And she's like, "I'll go to Catalina if right? you're gonna go." And, and this is where she kind of bails, like on her work, kind of like, yeah,
3: she's gonna play hooky to a job she doesn't have. I mean, it's just baffling. Um, so yeah, he says, "Don't you have work?" She's like, no, (laughs) no one's, no one's hired me in months, Reed. I just, I mean, it's, it's always sort of you're
2: suspending disbelief on shows like this about work and like income. (laughs) Yeah. But it's just funny because we all know she's very famously a freelancer who would not turn down work or just not show up to work.
3: Yeah. This isn't
2: Allison calling in sick to go up to Steve's
3: ranch or something like. You just think. Of Joe as someone who has a little more dignity than this. She... The, the show is asking
2: us to believe that she's head over heels for Reed, but I haven't seen why yet.
3: No. At all. No. At Jeffrey's apartment, he's dressed in his uniform, and Matt shows up with hockey tickets and apologizes for last night. <laughs> <laughs> And um and he then he tells Jeffrey's like look I don't think you should resign people need role models in the military. He 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 backed, he tries to backtrack with his, what he said basically. But he's but this is like the most annoying relationship ever
2: cuz it's like Matt is right to feel the way he feels and he should get out of the relationship
3: and, or and, or just be friends. And also it's none of his business when Jeffrey comes out. Exactly like like I said, I get Matt's frustration, but it's
2: not a situation you have to be in. Uh, and you let Jeffrey do it on his timeline. Right. And, and Matt's parents weren't super accepting, right? There was no, some, his
3: dad was a big dick about yeah, it. Yeah.
2: So it's like, you know where he's coming from. It's not like you have a completely different experience. Right. It was difficult.
3: Um, they have coffee together and Jeffrey also apologizes to Matt for blaming him. And he's he's like, I was scared and I still am. And Matt's like, well, I want to be there for you, Jeffrey. It's
2: just funny to me because it's like outside of their initial meeting, these two have never had a pleasant
3: experience <laughs> together. They've always fought. We, You're right. We've never seen them laughing and just like having a good time. No,
2: every incident ends with them, Jeffrey, storming off because they got into a fight almost. They
3: couldn't even go to shooters together like (laughs) without fighting. Yeah. Um, So they make up just so they can have this same argument again (laughs) two scenes (laughs) later. Um, Matt – oh, and then Jeffrey tells him, he's like, look, the only – One of the reasons I never had a long-term relationship before is because none of the guys understood why I was in the military. So that (laughs) cut deep, Matt. That cut him deep. He's like, all the other guys I've dated have been like, why are you in the military again? (laughs) At D&D, Amanda bombards Allison to tell her that it sounds like her relationship with Billy is having some problems yeah Amanda's
2: radar goes up when there's relationship problems between Billy and
3: Allison yeah and she can't wait to probe for details and also um, you know make Allison question everything no she's gonna throw some bombs in and so Allison's trying to convince her we're fine and Amanda's like you know if it were me maybe I would just give Billy a little bit of space he just moved to a big city Tell him you want an open relationship. <laughs> she's just like, might as well go there. Um, she's like, that's what I do anyway. Yeah. And as soon as she leaves the conference room, Allison picks up the phone and calls a travel agent to book a flight to New York. She's got to fix things fast. Yes. Yeah. At the New York office, Billy's coworker Greg introduces him to some girls, one of whom is Andrea, who's also from L.A., so Billy and her have a lot in common. They have a lot in common. <laughs> Billy makes a crack about avocados because he's from California. Right. He's like, are you going to make the joke about me having, loving avocados? <laughs> 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 um, And Greg wants Billy to join them, quote, at the Carnegie for some sandwiches, mm. real, real New York local thing to do. Absolutely, right? that's yeah, where I all the locals eat all go. The time. <laughs> and Billy says no because he has to run some errands, and he's being real shy. What errands does he have to run? <laughs> <laughs> Andrea asks Billy if she wants to hang out tomorrow night, and he's like, "Okay, I guess, I guess so." That night on the boat, Joe and Reed are drinking wine as they head to Catalina. And Reed tells Joe he loves her. And Joe says it back.
2: Yeah.
3: And they're just sailing off or driving off on this boat into the night. It's not a sailboat. (laughs) They're driving into the sunset together. Yeah. Headed to Catalina. At the hospital. Matt finds Michael doing his administrative work in a little office because he's he's not doing rounds. he's on probation he's on probation, he's got to do uh, office
2: work. I'm sorry, but if you're writing fake prescriptions, that sounds license suspensiony to me. <laughs> <laughs> like that seems like you would definitely get
3: a suspension. That's something that Michael shouldn't even consider doing until he's been a doctor for, like, 20 years. Yeah, I mean... I'm saying Michael Mancini. Right, Not, right, right. <laughs> not that any doctor should be writing fake prescri- no, prescriptions. But it's like... But it is very funny that he's, like, he just became... Like, he's, he's just out of his residency, right? Or is he still a resident? I think he's still a resident, because that's a long period. Yeah. But, yeah. It's just a little early, Michael.
2: No. Slow your roll. You have plenty of seasons. Yeah. You got to do it when you're respected, like house. Yeah. <laughs> and people let it slide because you're still doing good work.
3: <laughs> exactly. Um, he, Matt's like, I need to talk to you. And he's like, are you close to Sydney? And Michael's like, no. I hate that little bitch. <laughs> and Matt's like, well, you didn't tell her anything about the accident, did you? And he's like, why would I do that, Matt? <laughs> you think I'm a chump? You think I'm a fucking idiot, Matt? You think I blabbed that little... Just ask yourself that question, (laughs) Matt. (laughs) And he's like, well, how come I just had a really weird conversation with her in the hallway? She mentioned you being drunk on the night of the accident Mm. and changing the records and whatever. And Michael stops dead in his tracks. He processes this for a minute. (laughs) And then he's like, well, look, Matt, as long as you don't crack, we should be okay. (laughs)
2: So he it's puts it the pro- back on Matt. It's the processing. It's the Where it's pro- like.
3: Just keep your mouth fucking shut, Matt. <laughs> There'll be no fucking problem because at first he's scared. <laughs> at first he's scared, but then he's like, "No, I gotta be tough." And he's like, "Look, Matt, just shut up, okay?" And you picture in his brain, like you know when you
2: see like the little horsey going back and forth in someone's brain when they're dumb, and it's yep. his. It's just Matt fucking everything up. Yeah, like there's, that's the only issue—is someone breaking?
3: Yeah, Ma- Michael will never break. No, he'll <laughs> never break. Back on the boat, Joe is asleep down below. When we see a speedboat pull up alongside <laughs> Reed's boat <laughs> with some sketchy-looking guys, so this is where they're like in the middle. They're like in the middle of the ocean they're at in night. The, they're in the middle of the ocean while Joe is asleep. Yeah. So then we see these sketchy guys in the Speedo. The Speedboat.
2: The Speedo. I was like, the Speedo? Ew. (laughs) That would be funny, though. I
3: accidentally auto-corrected to Speedo on my phone. That's such a weird auto-correct. Did you mean Speedo? No, I did never mean Speedo. These (laughs) sketchy guys in the Speedboat start handing packages to, like bags of shit right. to Reed onto his boat. Surprise, surprise, Reed is a drug dealer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, surprise, surprise, he's, he's a smuggler. He, yeah. he, that, he really was smuggling drugs in Florida. He wasn't yeah. just caught up in it. Yeah. And he's doing it again. Joe is asleep down below, but she wakes up when she hears the commotion from up above. And just <clears> as she <throat> makes her way out onto the deck, the speedboat has gone. Yeah. And she asks Reed what the noise was. And he's like, just a cruiser passing a little too close. And she's like, mm, okay. And he literally shoves
2: her back in the door and shuts the door. Right. He's like, okay, go back to sleep.
3: <laughs> it's just like, uh, He doesn't want her out there because he has to stash these goods. Yeah. It's just funny because it's so... Weird and I'd be like, What are you doing? Like everything he does is so obvious he's hiding something.
2: Yeah, and she just goes
3: Okay. Like, even without
2: the suspicion, it's like it's weird someone's shoving you inside a door. Yeah, I'd be like, Don't shove me in a door. Yeah, I wanna now that I'm up, I wanna hang out
3: at night right out here and one look of at the st- stars. Yeah. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever think about I want to finish that bottle of wine? Yeah. Um the next morning. Joe wants to go to breakfast, but Reed says he's busy. Now, are they in docked in Catalina?
2: I have no idea, but did you notice Joe's look is so Ina Garten? Like her tent shirts? (laughs) Because she's wearing a big, huge navy blue, or (laughs) sorry, pale blue button-up shirt. Yeah.
3: Yeah I was like what is this a new style once again What has happened with her style this season It
2: changes every fucking episode Cause now she's wearing these oversized baggy blue shirts With like a white Hamptons jacket (laughs) Yeah That's also
3: very tenty She's like I'm on a boat now Yeah maybe that's what it is It's her boat look (laughs) So weird Like remember when she just used to be all in like black Stretch jersey all the time. She used
2: to wear like black jeans and a black tank top or scoop neck, neck with the whatever off the shoulder. Yeah, like just like chic, plain black stuff. Yeah, and now she's fully embraced her bad LA look.
3: Yeah, it's like really bad. <laughs> it's super bad. Um, she wants to go to breakfast and he doesn't. He's like got. He's got drugs to. He's smuggle. He's got drugs to <laughs> smuggle, um, and. She's like, hmm, because because he's like, you, you go ahead. And she's like, I'll wait for you. Yeah. And he's like, no, no, no. And she's just like, hmm, that's weird. Once again, another suspicious thing. Like, <laughs> how many things does she need? At the hospital, Jeffrey shows up mm. to tell Matt some sad news. He's been transferred to the East Coast. And he doesn't know if it's related to him coming out or not. And Matt just looks resigned at this point. Yeah, He's tired. He's like, let's wrap this up. We're all tired. (laughs) (laughs) Jeffrey tells him that more than likely his reputation will follow him there. That people are going to know no matter where he goes now, they're going to know he's gay. And he's sad about this because he doesn't want to just be the gay naval officer. He just wants to be like the decorated hero that he is. Yeah, well... And Matt, he's like, I don't know what to say. I already said, I don't even know why you're in the military. <laughs> so I can't say that again. Yeah, he, he's like, I'm out of things to say. You know, what I, you know where I stand. I said it nice. I said it bitchy. <laughs> I said it all different ways. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so he thanks Matt for getting him to be honest. And Matt's like, I'm going to miss you. And then they hug. Because they're not allowed to kiss on TV. No, these hugs are so make me sad. It makes me so sad. Jake goes over to Joe's apartment because he wants to talk. He shows her some papers
2: he's, that he
3: got. He's been investigating. <laughs> he's been doing a little digging. He went down to the boat registration office, <laughs> whatever that is. I get the office of boats. It's in Marina Del Rey, <laughs> <laughs> and and he has proof that. Reed's boat isn't even registered. He's like, this boat doesn't exist. It's not registered. And Joe's like, well, maybe it's registered in another state. What state? Why isn't she immediately like, that's weird. Yeah. Like- <laughs> and she says, I'm sure there's got to be an explanation for this, Jake. And he's like, I think he's up to something illegal. And she's like, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, nothing in his history that might lead you to think that, <laughs> or him shoving you into doors. I mean, and yeah, the multiple other things he's done since you've reacquainted yourself with him—barely
3: missing your fingers as he stomped on a trapdoor, <laughs> <laughs> um, owning a suitcase that looks like that in general. So, what do you think the suitcase was,
2: though? Do you think he was uh, like gaining her chat tra- trust? Because they never really explained that he was doing something there.
3: No, I think it was just to, just to get us to... Joe to feel thrown off. Yeah. It was just a device for Joe to feel like she can't trust her instincts. He was doing that to her.
2: No, just for the audience. Yeah, it's just for the audience. But I'm just curious. They never explained what he was doing there. Well, like,
3: he said he had sentimental objects in there. So he was just purely telling the truth. I think he te- yeah. might have been telling the truth in that instance... Okay. And you know what's possible, although obviously they don't explain this, it, it would make sense if Reed just wanted to get her off the boat for an hour so that he could do some weird shit. Yes. Yeah, that's and true too. So he gave her this errand to run. Got it. And then Joe gets mad at Jake. He's like, why wait? Well, yeah, she's like, Well, why'd you and Amanda get involved with him? Start a bit if you think he's so shady. Why'd you guys... And that is a good point. Very good point. That's a good point.
2: Because none of these people's behavior makes any sense.
3: (laughs) Yeah. You've all... All three of you have been had. You guys are stupid too. (laughs) (laughs) And Jake's like, yeah, well... I mean, at least Jake has the plausible
2: excuse that he was trying to protect
3: these women. And infiltrate? Yeah. Right. What's Amanda's excuse? You're supposed to... You're a successful businesswoman. No, she's but like terrible. This is not a business decision successful people make. No. In New York, Billy and Andrea are eating food at a bar. It looks real shitty. Billy found like the place that close most closely resembled TGI Fridays. No, by the way, it looks this, like a Friday. TGI this is Fridays. a huge bar. They're in New York City. This I've never seen a bar this big. There is. Or there
2: was a TGI Fridays right by Macy's, and I swear to God, I was like, "They're at TGI Fridays." That's where they went. Because it's think. like only Billy would fucking go to New York City and go to TGI Fridays. <laughs> yeah. of all fucking places. Because he'd
3: be like, "Oh, I've never been to one of these before."
2: Or he would go to a TGI Fridays and not realize it was a chain and think <laughs> it was a really cool place. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, they had the 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 people all there where they were buttons.
3: <laughs> All over? They had all this stuff on the wall. It was real neat. Like antiques. Antiques? (laughs) (laughs) They had an antique hubcap on the wall. Memorabilia? They had a new real New York Yankees pennant on the wall. Yeah, and now I'm in New York now. He would think TGI
2: Fridays was an old-time saloon yeah. that he found. It's been there since 1888. <laughs> this place got a lot of character. Whoa, there's one in uh, LA too?
3: <laughs> <laughs> I went to the original. <laughs> They're having French fries out of those baskets <laughs> with, the, with the red and white paper in it. This is totally TGI Fridays
2: because <laughs> I had those fries, with the fucking red and white checker
3: yes. in that plastic basket. I mean, come on, Billy, like you're in one of the like the greatest city in the world for food. No, this is like an and abomination. And you go here. He's not even a broke college student. He makes a good living,
2: right? Here's how you know it's T.J. Fridays. Because both you and I were like, that's T.J. Fridays. Because <laughs> they don't say it. But we no. knew from the decor. Because it was all the wood. yeah. And like the memorabilia on the wall, the fucking fries in the basket the, with the checkerboard. The
3: fact that it wasn't tiny, the fact that it was big and spacious. And it had that kind of bar that has the wood, rolled wood in the yes. front. <laughs> That's just yeah. this massive piece of wood. Yes. That you would never have. It just, what they were eating, just everything in there. I know that. And this woman should have known better. She's been living in New York a few months. Where's your taste? She's like, who did fucking Greg set me up with? Yeah. This guy's a total dope. He's like, I found a great little joint right in Times Square. It's my local uh, haunt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Billy probably goes to Times Square all
2: the time. Oh, my God. He does all the touristy thing and all the chain restaurants and thinks he's getting the authentic New York experience. But this is a show I need
3: to watch. I... I <laughs> Seriously, I would watch a whole season of Billy in New York. Billy in New York would be the greatest
2: (laughs) monstrosity that had ever hit the airwaves. Like just him doing everything wrong.
3: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Not experiencing New York at all like it should be. But but calling back home and be like, you'll never believe what I did today. I had a hot dog in Central Park. (laughs) (laughs) I went for a real carriage ride. They call it the East Village. <laughs> just The dumbest person alive <laughs> discovering New York would be so funny. Today I got turned around on the subway. I'll oh never do God. that. It's hailing cabs for me. From I, hailed a, I hailed a real life cab.
2: <laughs> Billy would like raise his two fingers and whistle. He like.
3: Oh, my God. I'm going to fucking pee in my pants. <laughs> Billy in New York. Billy takes Manhattan. And every scene, every episode ends with him getting mugged. It's like, it's like when Kenny dies. Yes.
2: That's it's like every... a slightly
3: different mugging. Because, and, he, and it ends with him getting mugged and him going, real New, lo- new York experience. It's like no
2: Billy nobody gets mugged as much as you and the final episode of Billy takes Manhattan he just hands the mugger his wallet before he even gets assaulted I know
1: the drill here, here
2: you I go. know the
3: drill only in New York <laughs> I want to see Billy descending the stairs like the Joker <laughs> Billy gets Joker-fied <laughs>
2: New York after his 50th mugging.
3: Yes, that's his origin story. Billy gets jokerified. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That would be so good. Who gives a fuck about the rest of the episode? Well, now we have to finish. We got to finish. He's having lunch or dinner at TGI Friday's. And um, yeah, he's complaining about how people are rude in New York. He, and This is just such a, he's like, <laughs> at least in L.A. they say have a nice day. He is so boring. He's so, and he tells her that part of the reason he's so homesick is because he's involved with someone. And she kind of rolls her eyes and she's like, yeah, I was too before I moved here. But I mean, I'm sure it'll work out for you. <laughs> I also feel
2: like it's a little dismissive when he's like, "I'm involved with someone." It's like, no, you're in love with Allison in a relationship. Involved sounds like, <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? It's it sort of like, like dating. Yeah,
3: involved is like, yeah, it sounds a little removed. It's like, no, this is my best friend. We live together and we're in love and, like, yeah, she's the love of my life. Yeah, it's just, seems- and it was really hard moving here, and yeah. and now I don't know what the future holds for us, and it's really. Difficult. It's like he doesn't
2: want her to know he has a girlfriend. Also, like
3: yeah, and even though Billy's not the type to cheat, it's no. still he's being a little too cagey for me. I think so. Then she's horny for Billy though, because she's trying to get up to his apartment. Yeah, but is not. Andrea's not being horny in a devious way. She's just genuinely like doesn't. Think that Billy's that (laughs) That committed Like he doesn't Cause I think involved Doesn't sound really committed Yeah um, She asks If she can see the view At his apartment Cause she He says where he lives He got set up In some sick place Yeah um, Where he's been spending The whole time He's been in New York Just eating pizza yeah, he never leaves. He probably goes to like, he's like, oh, Sparrow's. That's Sparrow's, the-, <laughs> the authentic New York pizza. <laughs> um, And so he agrees, like, this is crazy. He just met this woman and he's not going to fuck her. Why is he taking her up to his apartment? Wouldn't
2: you end, wouldn't you be like, it was fun. Let's hang out again, maybe. In the daytime. But like, you're not going to, why would he bring her up to his apartment? That's just crazy.
3: Yeah. Back at the hospital, Sydney stops by Michael's office with a big Tupperware container full of soup. Weird, <laughs> she, very weird. She, chicken weird, barley? It's, it's chicken with barley. Which is not of, even a soup. It's, it's chicken with <laughs> barley. You don't see barley a lot anymore. Look, if you're, you're going to talk about a barley soup... <laughs>
2: You, you're talking mushroom barley. That's the popular barley soup. <laughs> There's no such thing as a famous chicken barley soup. I'm sorry.
3: Also, it's not that enticing to present someone with chicken and barley soup. She could have said it's hot and sour soup. Why Why did the writers go with chicken barley? <laughs> That's what I need to know. Because it's 1994 and people were eating a lot of barley.
2: I guess, but I still find that a bizarre soup because mushroom barley was right there. <laughs> These two episodes are chock full of foods that don't exist. No, it's like the, the fucking lady finger cake. Like what <laughs> restaurant? <laughs> so it's like, it's almost what you heard of, but not quite.
3: <laughs> it's like an AI wrote the soup. Yeah. Yes. But also, why is she carrying the soup in a huge Tupperware bowl? To the hospital. To the hospital. Where'd she get the soup? He's going to like heat that up in the hospital microwave. Like she, but she wants to bring the soup back to his house and eat it with him there. I, I, who knows sydney is just so warped this is how she's enticing him and he's like i don't want your shitty soup he dunks on the soup immediately he's like you think that looks good to me yeah michael doesn't eat chicken barley no he wants that italian wedding soup <laughs> <laughs> something with some fucking meatballs in it yeah yeah he says i don't want your soup no and she's he, he's like i'm going home be a good girl and she's like i'll tell you one thing michael Someone should have never told you to drink and drive. Have a good night. Yeah. Sydney, she's playing coy.
2: Mm. She likes to drop these little uh, tidbits, but not directly accuse someone of anything. Yes. Yeah. And I like it. But now Michael's suspicious. Now he's not, uh, he's like, he was turned on Matt in the last time that this came up. Yeah. Right. He's like, as long as you don't fucking choke.
3: We'll be fine. <laughs> like he's a fucking squeal. But now he realizes Sydney's the one. Sydney is
2: unhinged, mm. so he cannot trust her. Right. Like she'll burn herself
3: down to take him down. She has
2: complete leverage
3: over him at this point.
2: Although she doesn't have hard proof, she could start some suspicions going. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Allison arrives in New York and she is walking through the halls of Billy's apartment. Looking looking on a piece of paper. She's holding a piece of paper.
2: I was like, how did you get in the building? This is a doorman building, Allison.
3: You can't just walk up in a building like that. Yeah. How did she get in? She knocks on Billy's door and he opens it and he's really surprised to see her because Andrea's there. And Allison, as soon as she sees Andrea, she loses it. Well, because Andrea walks into the doorframe holding a glass of wine. Yeah. So it's (laughs) like... it it doesn't look good no it's like the steve moment in san francisco yes or it also kind of
2: reminded me the when jane came to kimberly's and michael came out of the shower yes (laughs) i mean that
3: was more they were cheating yeah 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 um but this doesn't look good so allison storms off and she loses it and billy's chasing her down he goes you just got here you can't just turn around and go. But
2: I mean, I do feel like Allison should have stayed and, and fought it out there. She
3: should have stayed and fought it out there or at least gotten an explanation. And like the girl could just been like, Hey, I'm friends with whatever. Well, it's not like the girl was like
2: in a towel and she's like, I just spilled wine on me. And Billy, like, do you know what I mean? They're, it's like, like, yes, it's kind of like, what's going on? Yeah. But it wasn't like a
3: fucking like smoking gun, necessarily. Yeah, and she, should, she just got there. Yeah. It's nighttime. Where's she going to go? She doesn't have a hotel room. No. She's going to stay at the... She's not even going to allow herself to enjoy New York by herself for a couple of days. She's going to be like, I'm going to stay at the Best Western near the airport and just yeah. sulk until my yeah. flight's ready. She's going to get a room at a youth hostel. <laughs> she doesn't have money.
2: <laughs>
3: um... And so she gets on the elevator and leaves. And Billy's like, huh? Yeah.
2: Joe See, I told you this wouldn't
3: last. <laughs> yeah. Joe arrives on to the boat that same night and calls out for Reed. But he's in the shower. So she takes this opportunity to go snooping. But where... Are they? Are I, they back at the marina? I don't know. Did she wish... Was Joe always going and coming back to the boat? It's just like... Were they in Catalina this whole time? I have no idea. Did they drive back? She... Anyway, she's on... She, she's she, back on the boat. She gets She back. never tells people she's coming. She just shows up. She shows up and reads in the shower. So she... I mean, we don't know how long he's been in the shower for. He could have been just finishing up. And the thing she decided to do... I would. That seems like you don't know how much time you're going to have. I would never take that opportunity
2: at that moment. That's something you do when you're like, I'm going to go run to the store and I'll be right back. Yes. Do you know what I mean? You know they're going to be gone for 10 minutes. Even then I'd be like, well, what if they forgot something and come back? <laughs> like,
3: That's something when you know they're going to a place for a few hours. Yes. For sure. For sure. And, and they're then gone. you still wait for them
2: to be gone a while.
3: Yeah, this was crazy. So, um, she finds the key fob in his pants, and she uses it to open the trap door that she was curious about earlier. And she opens it up and immediately finds a brick of cocaine in there. And she like (laughs) even opens it. She she doesn't know at first, so she opens it up and she pulls out a rock and she sniffs it. And she's like, uh oh. I was laughing so hard when she
2: sniffed the rock. Like it's going to smell like... It's like, where are you going to sniff? Also, does cocaine have that big of rocks like yeah, that? Yeah. So when you have like a raw brick of it, it's like these huge... It just made me laugh the way she pulled out that huge rock yeah. and sniffed
3: it. Oh, yeah. Because this hasn't been broken up and processed yet. Well, and it's like you didn't need to sniff it to know she- it was
2: cocaine. <laughs> This is already the culmination of months of You found suspense. it, yeah. Joe.
3: You found it. It's it's clearly cocaine. Yeah. Um, she should have rubbed it on her gums or something. Yeah, that would have been more accurate. Uh, or like put a pinky in it and tasted yeah, it and yeah. been like,
2: wait a minute. Well, it's also like, does she know what cocaine, like, do you know what I mean? Like it smells like? I don't know. It's very funny.
3: Um, just then read surprises her and she's like, what the hell is this? And she just, she doesn't even try to hide it. She's like, why do you have cocaine? Yeah. She's just going to confront this bad guy. Yeah. And he's like, you had to ruin everything just because you were curious. (laughs) Curiosity killed the cat. Yeah. I love when the bad guy turns on.
2: It's very Scooby-Doo. It's so right? Scooby-Doo cuz he turns immediately. He doesn't even try
3: to explain. And he it's just, like you ruined everything by you fucking had to ask questions. He just becomes a villain instantly. Yeah. And he punches her. That was shocking. It was shocking. He punches Joe and knocks her out. And then he puts Joe into the trap door, like the storage it's small. <laughs> But it was much bigger
2: than I thought it would <laughs> yeah. be because I didn't think she would fit in it. And all of a sudden it was way deeper. Yeah. Because the cocaine, she acted like the cocaine was right there, but it was actually way down
3: low. Yeah. So I feel well, like... She's in this little compartment underneath the trapdoor. Look, it's big enough for her to, to fit in there, but definitely small enough where you'd be like, oh my God, I'm going to die in here.
2: Oh, I wouldn't want to be in there. No. But it's like, well, you you wanted to know what was in the trap door and you fucking find find found out
3: Joe like in the worst way possible. Yeah, this is bad. So we end with him closing the trap door and Joe passed out in this little compartment. This is like the first mega cliffhanger on the show. I feel like like this is pretty big. This is the first cliffhanger on Melrose Place where someone's life is at stake. Yes. Was that I feel like I feel like even the car
2: accident didn't have a huge cliffhanger, did it?
3: Was that the end of that episode where they got in the car accident? Was that how it ended? I don't think it ended.
2: I think we see immediately them getting rescued, and I think the ending was maybe like them the blood alcohol test or something. Gosh. I can't remember. I can't remember. But I feel like this one was like a really dramatic soap opera cliffhanger. Right? Yeah. Where
3: we're like, what's going to happen? We got to tune in next week. Mm. And next week we have a very special guest joining us that we're so excited about. Yes. And
2: these this next episode is a juicy one. Yeah. And I feel like the next two are pretty... I mean, we're getting into the thick of it.
3: Yeah. Where like people's lives are at stake yeah, now. Yeah, absolutely. Because now, yeah. Right.
2: No one has ever been so, tried to murder someone on the show yet.
3: <laughs> right. Like, but now here we are. We're yeah. in the, we're officially in the era where characters on the show try to murder other characters yeah. or succeed sometimes. Yeah. And we don't know what will happen here. We don't know what will happen here. Tune in next week for episodes 21 and 22. Excited. I'm excited too,
1: Des. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince.